Welcome to Sample Size. My name is Tone. I'm here with my co-host, Noel. Yeah, that's me. We're your one-size-fit-all podcast for fashion history, cultural impact, and current trends. On today's episode, we discuss guests' attempts to rip off Telfar and why culture matters more than what you're selling. We also talk about Lil Nas's sinister collaboration with Mischief and why Nike wasn't so hot on the collaboration. And finally, we take you on a journey back in fashion. Yep, we're talking about Y2K, an era that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. As always, thank you for tuning in. Time to try these topics on for size. Hey, 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 Noel, how you doing? I've been good. It's been it's been an interesting two weeks, but I'm glad to be back. You know what I was I was thinking when I was getting on my way here? I feel like it's been a while since we recorded. I don't know. It felt yeah. longer than normal. I felt like it's been longer than two weeks. I don't know why. I think because we recorded in a different spot last time. But but why would that it change feels the different. time? Yeah, because it's the we haven't been in this studio for a while. Nah, but it just felt like time. Not even a space before I even entered the studio. Yeah, it just felt like oh damn, I haven't seen Noel in forever. Yeah, it's just not been... that I miss you or anything. Don't get hyped. But... Okay, <laughs> no, that was a little rude. No, 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 no. But how I talk has to you all the time? So. How has your two weeks been? Um, how has my two weeks been? Um, it's been chill. Um, I've been uh been a little bit more busy at my day job, so that's been a little bit mm-hmm. um I don't know beneficial, helpful, or whatever. But I guess stressful is another word to use to yeah. add to that because you know tiring, having to do work. I can't believe they want me to do work at. You how know, dare they? Like how you? <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> how about you? How you doing? Uh, I mean, you know how it's been. It's just been <laughs> real fun being yeah. black and a woman in a a very and, non-black corporate space. Yeah, that's very you know. I can't, cause you know, last time I was speaking for as a black woman, but you know, yeah. <laughs> no, clearly you're no, the no. representation of this podcast. You already know it's two black women on this show, so <laughs> no, but um, I don't know, yeah, anything else or any no. any good news, bad news you want to share? Nah, everything's pretty much neutral. I'm ready to get into this week's episode. Yeah, pretty much. And before we even start the episode, you know, we uh when we're on our way here, we heard the news about DMX and you know, we just wanted to send prayers up. By the time you guys hear this, I hope, you know, good news has come to us and he's, you know, in a better state. Cause yeah. you know we're recording on a Saturday when this news drops, but hopefully Tuesday when you hear it, you know, it's just like, yeah, the prayers up. So yeah. amen for that. To him and his family. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Um Yes. Uh, I guess we can start with, you know, <laughs> what we really want to talk about is what happened with um, Guess and Telfar. Do we really want to talk about it, though? No, we don't really want to talk about it because this is not surprising to us yeah, at all. It's just another example of, you know, corporate America, corporate america Of course. And uh, if you've heard, if you've opened up Business of Fashion, you'll probably know that Guess released a... Mm-hmm. Essentially a knockoff Telfar shopper bag. You know, it's this blatant with it too. Very blatant plastic leather bag with the Monogram em- G embossed guest logo. I've never seen that logo. I think they they, they made that name. logo specifically for this bag to knock off Telfar. Um, the pictures of it hit social media. There mm-hmm. was immediate outrage and then I think within like forty eight hours guest pulled the production of that yeah, bag because the outlash once everybody saw it because like it it's one thing is like 
you know how people could say like, oh yeah, I can see it looks like a cover up, but you, yeah. I mean like a um like a rip off, but you know if you twist it, it might not be. This is exact. Like it was like you know every point you know. Yeah. Same. I think it was even also same the, colors and shit too. Same like, colors. They were offered in different sizes. Yeah. Uh, that were actually the same dimensions of the Telfar shopping bag. So yeah, yeah they weren't even trying to. Be so slug about one it. social media got a wind of it. It was like yeah, they was like oh no, especially when Black Twitter got a, a wind of it. Yeah. It was like hell to the no. There's no way Guess is about to get away with this bullshit. Cause yeah. To to be honest, that's what it was. It was just a bunch of bull. Like it just yeah. I don't even know. The crazy thing is to me is like whenever anybody rips off everything, because it's not like oh yes I want to rip it off and this and and just you know create it. It's right. always a process of yeah you know we have to talk to the manufacturer. Yeah, we have to you know you know at what point don't you realize or like what even makes you pull that decision like yeah we're just gonna copy them you know because you know it's selling and yeah so uh. Before we get into our opinions, Telfar uh, actually spoke out and the company said they were already aware of the knockoff since February, mm -hmm. but decided to release a statement, uh, decided not to release a statement, even when uh, everyone else, you know, knew mm -hmm. because they stated that they didn't want to draw attention to the issue. And um, essentially they were like, yeah, we know our customer base, we know our community, and we know that they would never go for this, so we are not going to bring and attention to it as a brand. Exactly, and that's where I really want to focus this conversation on. It's not even, like, we know that, like, the ripoff is crazy, Yeah. but I think what the, I think the response was the most brilliant thing that I've, you know, experienced within all this, because... Cause like they said, they knew before even the public knew. They knew in February. Um, we the public knew. Like I think it was March twenty sixth or twenty seventh. Yes. When they um when like it was publicly or the first tweet that I saw about it. Let's mm -hmm. just say that since you know we all get our news from Twitter. But um yeah. and it's just like yeah we're not gonna say anything because one we don't want to bring attention and then two isn't it's not gonna go how they think it was gonna go and they were right. Yeah. You know like um Telfar said they they knew that. It's not just simply an item, the bag, right? Yeah. Yes, it's a bag technically, but the reason why this bag was so popular, and, you know, I think we even spoke about it on like our first episode. Possibly. It's just the the um like the just community the, building that's yeah, around and, the bag and the brand. And just itself. the you know, the you know, every time they have like a new release, it's like, Oh, am I gonna get a new bag this time? Yeah. And then when you finally do get a bag, it's like, Yes, I get a bag and then they, you know, Telfar does an excellent job of using user generated content where yes. it's like they repurpose pictures of people, you mm -hmm. know, because that's what they want to highlight. They want to highlight everybody the excited yeah. about the bag. So people take pictures and, you know, and, you know, in return, tough. I was like, yeah, we'll use it to promote our pictures because right. that's what we want to do. So they were like, yeah, guess it's not like what was the last thing guess done that was, you know, except like guess. Gene. I don't even like. I, I don't know. <laughs> like that's I feel like that was way before, not way before our time, but that guess was like. A more of a popular American staple brand, like when we were kids. Yeah, so like I never paid attention shit, right? to. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Guest Jeans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those it was were the Guest Jeans was like the big thing. Like Pamela yeah. Anderson and yeah. like the, yeah, yes, but they haven't made any noise independent independently of that. So in the statement that was released to the New York Times, uh, Telfer Clemens' business partner, his name is Babic Radboy, mm -hmm. actually said that they weren't worried about the. Uh, copy because guests had missed the whole point of the bag, which mm -hmm. is not about the physical object. It's about the culture of bag, the story of the bag, and the phenomenon of the bag. Exactly. So 
I think it's just amazing that a brand is able to have such faith and confidence in what they do that they can allow someone to rip off their physical design but at the end of the end of the day they can't emulate what makes the brand special Mm -hmm. so basically like on some like every tongue that rises against me shall fall shit like that's really true for telfar and and we i think we've even seen that with the amount of criticism that things like their bag security program Mm -hmm. have faced and things always support yeah, things like the way that they uh, speak on social media or the way they present and brand themselves on social media is not always uh, what you expect from a quote-unquote luxury brand, which Telfar Clemens himself has said many times that we are not a luxury brand, so don't expect that from us. Exactly. But the fact that their identity is so prevalent and strong that they can just chill when a huge conglomerate with like guests rips their shit off is just really a testament to knowing what the fuck you're doing and doubling down on yeah. your individual and i even want to take like the conversation off telfar a little bit and just, just to generalize it that you know this is an important lesson for any entrepreneur or any person trying to b- build a brand yeah because it's not really about what it is you're selling right people yeah. people could sell the same thing that you're selling what the what really is a differentiator like outside of like something that's very innovative is the is your story is the culture that you build yeah. behind what it is that you're trying to sell yeah it's just like you know whether it's a podcast how many are your listeners following you for you know your your story whether it's yeah. like you know uh, a hair store like don't f- don't focus too much on a product but focus more on building a culture around the product and yeah. that's how you build success especially if you're like in an industry where the barriers of entry are, are like extremely low yeah. like your product isn't gonna be the thing that differentiates you yeah because that's what's gonna it's save gonna you from person and like this this is a perfect example because that's what's gonna save you from people who have better resources than you yeah. yes is a bigger brand and they have more, better resources than um, yeah. Telfar because they've been around longer. They have more people backing them. Yeah. But because Telfar is such a community that we was like, how the fuck no? That right, right away they was they pulled in 48 hours. Yeah. Yes, some stuff is still in the stores because whatever, whatever. But that shit is going for like $2 Exactly. Now <laughs> nobody's going to buy it. And then secondly, if people see you wearing it, they're going to be like, you oh. <laughs> you straight up get it. You're going to get jumped <laughs> like, something. You're like, going to be public embarrassing. Oh. Oh, don't gonna, let the broken <laughs> don't let the Brooklyn fashion niggas find and, you with no guest telfar bag. And you you might as well That's just you might as well just walk off walk around without a mask because you're gonna get the same reaction. Exactly. <laughs> like people gonna see you in the, in the thing like really you bought the guest bag because I'm, right. I'm I'm sure the it's how gonna judge bag. you. You're like what like okay but yeah so yeah I don't even I don't know what possesses b- b- brands to try to rip off people but they do it and yeah. this won't be the last time they don't understand the human aspect of it. No That's they don't why. they just they just want the money they're like oh that's a popular item let's make it let's guessify it yeah. but no that's not what it is and you know it's crazy guess um people actually like pulled up the receipts on guests they had like essentially like guest versions of like the prada hobo bag mm-hmm. and like other brand stuff yeah this is i mean but, and and, and, but then again you're not you're probably not going to see like prada or lvmh going after guests because they know they stay in their lane exactly also they just no one is gonna be outraged over that they don't have that community they don't have like the defense and like the protectiveness so mm-hmm. it's just it, it was really something to behold it was like yeah. it was uplifting almost yeah it really was because you know it could have went many ways where it could have went under the rug yeah People guests like, could have doubled down and released more colors because <laughs> like, that's what it is <laughs> if you have more resources you know of course you're gonna get bad press from ripping off but if you were just like, okay, we knew the Brad Press was going to come. Yeah. So now we're just going to wait till it's over. And now we're just going to keep going. Because they technically, if they did that, they because they, they're after the money. They're not really act. 
they're not after penetrating the culture because if yeah. they were worried about that excuse me they would have done it differently or released a different item or done something unique yeah it's <laughs> something unique that's not stealing so it's not about the culture for them it's clearly about the money so that's why you know it's important that you know you as a brand as a person or anybody should always worry about you know building a culture around your product versus you know necessarily the item because that's the thing people come back and take the item or copy the item but they can never copy the culture if you already built it absolutely and that's really what i want to say about that i think that's the most important thing to take from that whole Mm -hmm. fiasco dilemma whatever you want to call it for sure so next item oh poor (laughs) poor little nas x and and this is is before easter too so this this is before easter yeah so you know all of my jesus warriors might want to log off for this one a couple you know minutes past because we'll put the we'll put the time stamp in for you so you can (laughs) skip this topic so uh, this week specifically march 29th little nas x and brooklyn experimental creative whatever you want to call <laughs> collective it agency, collective that's what they call, agency that's what they call yes aka mischief. we have an office in brooklyn somewhere of just creatives but go ahead yeah uh white trust fund kids <laughs> uh mischief mischief yeah, collabed mischief. to create a replica air max which features the verse in the model Okay, sorry, sneakerheads, forgive me. The 97, which features the verse Luke, or no, it features actually Luke 1018 Mm -hmm. on the mudguard and a little pentagram lace details and allegedly a drop of, not allegedly, it actually is human uh, human blood, blood in, in the soul, soul. I mean, it's from the mischief no uh, mischief said that they collected it from the mischief creative team mm-hmm. they donated the blood to put in the drop of uh the shoe and this was in order to uh celebrate the release the of the song montero call me by your name yeah so this is all an effort to promote his latest single um the music video is like uh angelic demonic motif where you know he's getting kicked out of heaven he's going to hell he gives satan a lap dance and then he kills satan essentially and it's supposed to be like a metaphor for his coming out story and uh kind of finding himself so obviously people already uh react to Lil Nas X a certain way um because he's out and you know he's a troll he's a barb so he's really good at trolling um twitter yeah so when these shoes released obviously there was a huge 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 pushback the jesus warriors got real mad okay and then they snitched to nike (laughs) um and nike took liberties and sued mischief which is the art collective for copyright infringement for the namesake and the the design um usually they'll just hand out a cease and desist for like people who do uh you know Uh, people who like customize air force ones and shit Mm -hmm. but they actually did sue them for copyright infringement Mm -hmm. and in the statement nike released they said that the shoe will potentially cause significant harm to nike's goodwill including customers who believe nike is endorsing satanism Mm -hmm. yeah so little little nas x has been on social media joking about this etc 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 and i just think it's interesting because the same creative agency has created yeah. a replica of the same shoe the air max 97s that were like jesus shoes yeah. which allegedly held water from the jordan river and yeah. the air bubble and it says walk on water mm-hmm. on the shoe so 
I'm not a religious person. Mm -hmm. So I look at this type of iconography as like people look at like Greek mythology iconography. Mm -hmm. So I, I can understand like where he's going in terms of using it as like an artistic metaphor. So like obviously I wasn't offended, but do you, would you, first of all, do you consider yourself a religious person? I'm, I'm more spiritual than religious. Um, okay. So I believe in a higher power, definitely. Okay. But in terms of like the system in place, in terms of like church and stuff, like, yes, I'll go to church, but uh, there are some things that are not, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I do consider myself very spiritual. Okay. Yeah. So when you saw like this rollout, including the sneakers, like, did, did it make you feel a way? No. If I'm being honest, when I saw it, maybe just because I'm, I'm more creative it, I'm, and I'm, I play in the creative field, I just, knew right away it was just meant to be like clickbait not ne not necessarily clickbait like yeah. yes it was it's part of the rollout that's one right yeah and then two because if you've seen the video you know every there was even a bigger outcry about that so they had to know that yeah. we're about to release something that's going to even cause more outcry yeah so that was one so i didn't really and then two this is like yes it's rollout but they're doing it in a way that's very artful yes religion yeah. you you're uh somebody might be of the opinion that you can't use religion for art but who says that because there are many depictions of um religious um scenes yeah and and that are being we, painted like the last supper one of the most famous paintings yeah is like is that not part of religion is that not right. something that you should be you know used for art so that's what's going on but i guess I guess like I'm not gonna act dense and say like I don't know why it's because of the I guess the quote unquote Satanism, but I really think that people are overblowing it, right? Just because yeah. one, nobody, I'm not, I wasn't gonna say nobody. There are a lot of fans in Lil Nas, but what I want to say is that people look for any easy out to pick on Lil uh, a Lil Nas, and that's yep. because just be what what happened? Oh no, I said oh. yep, I'm agreeing. And that's because I guess because you know he's. He's he's probably out in terms of like being a gay rapper. Mm -hmm. So just like, you know, and then rap himself. And well, I wouldn't even consider himself a rapper. Let's just say that he's a gay entertainer. But, you yeah. know, people tend to um, place him in rap. Yeah, because he's black and he had Old Town Road, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But, um, but what I'm trying to say is that um, that because it's Lil Not X, they're like, oh, no, they'll look for anything to discredit them. They're, they're like, oh, you know, anything that, you know, rap quote-unquote and it doesn't go well with um i mean well there's a lot of homophobia in rap is what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. so it's easy for them to quickly like oh no we're not with that and now he wants to do devil work and then now you got right. all these people they're trying to convert all these people to say to them yeah, they're Come trying on, to are make you serious the gay agenda like what are, you really think that he's out here trying to turn people into like devil worshipers yeah or not? It's just for art, man. And then, so they making a bigger deal out of it. And then they're like, oh, this is not something that, you know, you can make a mockery of. But it's just, I don't get it for me. To me, it's like, okay, so for me, like, this issue is twofold. Mm -hmm. One, with people's reactions in terms of him using religious iconography. Mm -hmm. And then two, with the fact that Nike is actually, right? yeah, is pursuing the lawsuit. So I'll just start with, like, the religious thing just because, like, it's, this most like base mm -hmm. but um when the fuck did y'all become saints <laughs> when the fuck did y'all become anointed saints only one is because my timeline is genital eating <laughs> cheating <laughs> stealing lying seafood eating seafood seafoil what is that the boys lettuce. exactly y'all motherfuckers are hedonistic 24 7 you know seven days a week 365 this little nigga wants to slide down a pole 
and kill Satan. First of all, he killed Satan exactly. in the music video. What the <laughs> fuck are y'all mad at? Like, but all of a sudden, this little nigga puts on a wig and, oh, the gay agenda is coming for us. The gay agenda is going to kill the nuclear black family. Not crack. <laughs> it wasn't Reagan. It was Lil Nas X in his booty shorts giving a lap dance to I mean, Satan. That's kind of powerful, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> it, like, I just, it's so, like, why, why, like, if you do not live, like, a pious life, why do you care? Even if you do, what does it matter? <laughs> uh, exactly, mind your business. Exactly. And, like, the, the argument where it's like, oh, you know, he was, he, he got his money off of, like, kids being obsessed with the song, mm. which is true, and I do understand that, but as a parent, wouldn't your immediate reaction is just to be would just to be monitoring your child's online activity People instead like, of expecting mm-hmm. this what is he like 20 year old kid to raise your children is, yeah. like he i'm pretty sure he's still like a kid yeah so it's like i just i don't like the fake piousness i don't like the the fake conservativeness like we should not be able to stifle art and i know people do not want their spiritual beliefs to be played with but if we look at how we treat other religions Mm. especially in pop culture every single other religion gets it too Mm. especially like um eastern religions like Mm. buddhism Mm -hmm. all of those eastern beliefs get twisted up in western media and bastardized so much where mm. it's like christian like christians you're not being persecuted because this little gay nigga wanted to uh, ruffle your feathers or decided to use christians this. not even being persecuted let's just ever let's like, cut it out come on this is not roman time <laughs> it's not roman time anymore. like y'all who's it, the 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 pastor down south with the mil- uh joel osteen oh uh, yeah, yeah you think that multimillionaire is being persecuted no nah, i mean by who by nobody because he wouldn't even what was it during by like tax hurricane evasion. <laughs> that's, during, that's during hurricane mean. harvey he was like uh no Nobody can come right. into my house. What are you Worry about, about these these motherfucking pastors who are, you know, stifling sexual assault in the fucking church exactly. and stealing your motherfucking money. Your granny's well, broke adultering. because she's giving fucking money to the pastor to buy a goddamn Bentley. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, it's just, let's, God didn't say be pick and choosy with who is going to hell and who's not. Because I'm pretty sure you motherfuckers going to hell for being judgy, too. Exactly. So y'all finna be lap dancing with him. And then to pivot just a little bit so we don't spend too much time on this specific. Oh, the two point. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. about to get on. Okay. So, is that, oh. so I was looking, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, interrupt no, ahead, you, but yeah. I'll just say I was looking up copyright infringement laws and kind of like how you can skirt them. And there is um, basically. You trying uh, to release something? No, 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 joking, no, 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 no. I was just looking up in <laughs> yeah, general yeah, yeah. because this happens on YouTube a lot mm-hmm. where where reviewers will use a clip from a show and then the owners of the show will try to get their video taken down for like copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. But if you are commenting on or you're doing a parody mm-hmm. of a, a copyrighted item, that is a fair use case. Mm-hmm. So to me, the sneaker is, is, a is a parody. So I'd be interested to see how this is going to turn out in court. I think Nike is actually going to lose this because it is a parody. It I, is satire. I think it's two things, right? One, I think Nike, we have to stay pursuing uh, persecution or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think they're just doing it for PR because they're like, oh, yeah. we don't want to, you know, we want to make Absolutely. sure yeah, you guys know that we're not down with saying yeah. this. Yeah, we're, we're not. Yeah. We're not devil worshippers. So yeah, so Nike. as soon as this leaves the um, media space, which it already has, not even a week yet. Yeah. But they're gonna be like, oh, let's not, because one, you're gonna be wasting resources on something like you said that might even you might not even win, exactly. and then secondly, you're contradicting yourself because. Um, 
they released a um, pair of Jesus uh, Jesus related right. sh- shoes. And, and me, what if I what if I'm a Satanist? That's offensive to me. Exactly, because Satanism is a registered religion. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm trying to say. Not that I am personally, but like you know, if we're going to be monitoring what yeah. other people are going to believe, you can't just have it one way because of the majority. And to me, like how okay, so if a Satan shoe is bastardizing your religion. Mm-hmm. A shoe that has river from water from a holy river that says Make walk on water, something that only the son of the one true God could do. Isn't that also a mockery of the religion if you're putting that in like a I consumer said, product? It's, it's, they're not really mad at the shoes. They just Let want. They just want. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. Let him be gay. That, they just want to find some way that they can attack this dude. Yeah. Because and then Come back on. to what you were saying about policing, like it's not his job. He can make a. There are songs that on this on the radio right now that nobody under the age. Your of kids son. are singing throat baby. Like what does that mean? To this day, your kids are singing <laughs> about swallowing cum. And then but little Nas X is the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right yeah it doesn't make sense to me because the song in itself like i mean obviously there's there's lines about doing drugs and stuff but the song in itself it's good i yeah. like it i think it's it, i think it's a good way to express the time period that he's going through right yeah. now yeah and i man i i i believe in lil nas x because this nigga has a lot of creativity you know mm-hmm. i can see it even he's a barb y'all need to stop arguing <laughs> yeah that's another y'all, like, thing you're not gonna want on twitter because <laughs> everybody keeps sending these he, was, he, he got them clips barb. ready baby like right he said, he, got, like he, said he, he had nine months to prepare for this song. yeah he <laughs> when he said that shit i died i was like okay he's gonna be good because he, he prepared he's ready for this yeah so definitely shout out to him we'll be watching to see what this outcome of this uh court case is going to be because i do think it's going to set precedent for a lot of people who do like nike inspired shoes and like I mean, parody shoes like just that. just without spending too much time on the, i will give it to nike they have been because there are several um like s- custom sneaker designers that they were going after especially within 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. um i forget this people's name now the people who make like the if you're a sneaker you know what i'm talking about like the um jason Voorhees. like they have they like is the uh a collab i mean it's a um it's in a mold of a Nike Dunk, but it has like the Jason mask on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't, let me try to look it up real quick. Um, I forget his name. Um, Jason for Jason Voorhees. Yeah, that's the name of the Jason. You were calling him Voorhees. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jason Voorhees. What am I typing? Jason Nike Dunk. And then let me see what. Uh. No, that's not coming up. What I want. Warren Lotus. No, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah, Warren Lowe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Those, yeah. You see, you see how like the mask, yeah. and they they came after him because they're like, oh no, this is you know you. This you, is tough. Yeah, but I mean, it is combining. This is tricky, tricky in particular because it is combining two different intellectual properties. So no, it's but like, Nike's the one that's pursuing. Nike, oh, the okay, so the, whoever owns yeah. that the the horror properties yeah. doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah, so it's just like. Yeah, so I, I will give it to them saying, like, yes, if they want to say that this continues the trend. Well, okay, that cool. could be along the lines of, like, Nike doesn't want, like, satanic oh, true. implications. But there are other versions. This is besides, because he, um, J- Warren Lorders, he has, like, a whole bunch of them. Oh, okay. These are cool, though. Yeah, I, I that doesn't even have to do with um Jason, but, yeah. So I'll give it to them in that sense, but... In t- I, I think a lot of all a lot of the hoopla from this was not because of the Satan because people just be hypocritical. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, yeah, they don't really mean what they they just want to. They're like, oh, we can attack this because you know we see Satan, we see they don't even put together what's going on. Right. So it is like, yeah, they just want to be outraged. That's what we are. We're outraged and cancel culture. So this yeah, part. Let of it, it go, guys. Yeah. Let art be art. <laughs> Please let art be art. <laughs> 
So that was it for our fashion news topics. And now we're going to get into our main topics, the the entree of this episode, mm-hmm. I'm which excited. is going to be a discussion about the revival of Y2K fashion. Boom, 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 boom. Yes. The, re, the re-emergence of the tiny shirt in the big bottom. We're here. <laughs> It's 2000 and it's actually just 2000 because that's what Y2K is. Y2K is just shorthand for 2000. And apparently people thought like once the clock hit 2000 that all technology was going (laughs) to shut down and yeah, it was going to basically lead to the apocalypse. I wasn't alive for, I mean, I was alive for that, but I wasn't like, um, (laughs) I wasn't even America for that, but um, (laughs) I didn't come into 2001. That has, can't really. um, what I was gonna say is that yeah, I remember like watching like documentaries. Like people really dead ass thought that once the computer, because the th- the thing behind it was that yeah. the computers at the time they didn't know how to count past the the year two thousand. Right. So they felt that the computers because they can't count past the year two thousand are gonna, gonna implode on themselves or whatever. Yeah, and then society would crumble. <laughs> Indians. Just losers. <laughs> they don't know how technology Well, I mean, work. yeah. It's I don't just, even know how that became like a mainstream thought. But like, you have to, like, in perspective, it kind of makes sense because we've been socialized to have technology. And, and that was a generation of people who did not grow up with technology. <laughs> so they really were like, we don't know what the fuck could happen. Like, literally, I, I it could be iRobot, which I think iRobot came out I mean, after, actually. Yeah, that would have been ill, though, you know? I don't know. It was. It was. The two thousands were an interesting time, and I think that is reflected in the fashions for sure. Nah, for certain, for certain. Okay, so what is like Y two fashion? Let me get into like a yeah, just a general (laughs) mishmash. Um, so Y two K fashion is basically uh characterized by being like the exact opposite of minimalist. It's essentially maximalist fashion, Mm. but in a very gaudy way. Mm. So like loud colors, uh problem prints, rhinestones, thick ass choker scarves, metals, beads, shades, big ass earrings. Mm. Um like I said, there was a lot of like mixing like flowy tops and dresses with like bootcut jeans mm. <laughs> very interesting like some of the prevailing designers were uh like john galliano mark jacobs was very popular then um and we're seeing a resurgence of this trend across social media and actually in high fashion as well mm-hmm. so it's it's reflected across like all economic levels and all levels of style and understanding of fashion so before I get into this explanation, why do you think that there is a resurgence of such a tacky, tacky era? First and foremost, fashion, everything in life is cyclical. So yes. this is that's going to happen, in my opinion. Um, secondly, I don't know. You know, sometimes because I think as a culture, we're so enamored with aesthetic yeah. that it was going to, you know, how do I, you know, how do I carve, my, carve out my own niche? Right. Is that, you know you need to start thinking backwards and you start drawing or getting influence from back eras. So that's what's going on now that, you know, the new up and coming designers or, or, you know, fashion influencers are trying to draw inspiration from a time where maybe they weren't as participant in it because they were, they maybe weren't as famous or they were too young. So now that's something that they want to participate because, you know, and then also I think Y2K wasn't appreciated. And the reason it wasn't appreciated is just because of media. Yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, media too. But media, I'm just saying, just social media and stuff, right? Right. Because if even in, if we look at the resurgence now, I don't think it's 
like it's golly, but I don't think it's as golly as it was back then. Back yeah, then it was not, ugly, ugly. That is like a, a common observation where it's like people are picking and choosing certain aspects of exactly. the aesthetic the best and kind of re- yes, the be- no, literally because <laughs> yeah. it got real fucking ugly. Yeah, that's what I'm trying they're, to say. They're picking the best parts and kind of refining it because mm-hmm. you know we have you know hindsight is you know 2020 or 2021 now in 2021 <laughs> uh, exactly so i have a couple of theories mm. as to why um y2k fashion is coming back okay one of them so okay so i'm gonna break it down just in terms of like consumerism mm. entertainment and then black shit mm-hmm. okay of course so on the consumerism side and like the uh shopping and consumption i think we're seeing the revival due to the popularity of thrift shopping true, and reselling mm-hmm. because a lot of the items that you'll see in a thrift store probably were donated in the early 2000s so people are trying to find ways yes. to make those items work donated in 2000s or are you trying to say are from the 2000s are, okay yeah, oh, yeah. No, i'm sorry not, <laughs> ooh, not donated in the 2000s. Yeah, oh say. god no i yeah. hope not that's yeah. very unsanitary but they were they were made yeah, in the yeah. 2000s people clean yeah. out their closets exactly like, yeah, that's like anymore. the older generation is donating their mm. clothes from that yeah, era that. That the makes younger sense. generation is picking it up and reselling thrift, them i think to go thrifting soon because i haven't been in a while since the lockdown but that's a different it's topic. yeah it's i mean you you'll see a bunch of motherfuckers dressed like y2k kids mm-hmm. in I went to El Train Vintage the other day, and mm-hmm. that's all it was, you know, big bottom, tiny top. Um, and then also, I think there is a resurgence of it because we are seeing a lot of vintage and archive pieces being pulled for celebrities and socialites, particularly from brands such as Prada, Vivian Westwood, uh, Mugler is getting a lot of pulls, mm. and even though those designers obviously are on the highest of high ends, mm-hmm. um, we're seeing like the trends from those no. runways. So, for example, mm-hmm. Vivian West corsets are iconic, infamous. Inf- so, we're seeing those being emulated in fast fashion. Right. And then, obviously, people who can afford to purchase the archive pieces are doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, certain silhouettes i keep on saying tiny shirt big bottom because that is a very popular y2k uh silhouette where people would wear essentially like a camisole top with like cargo bottoms and like timberland boots Mm. so we're seeing it reflected again like both at the lowest end of thrifting and high end of high fashion also the rise in consumerism and fast fashion is reflected in like the economics of the time. So the early 2000s were um, a time of like, it was before the second recession. So it was a time of like excessive spending, Mm. which you see reflected in like- Stimmy checks. Is that what you're saying? Not stimmy checks, but oh. people were just people were doing well financially. So you see that often in times of economic no, prosperity. No, I'm talking about now. No, I, it doesn't really have anything to do with stimmy checks. I wouldn't say so. So what are you, could you? It seems to I'm me saying like, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So the trend of having like labels on everything and having clothes very blingy and oh, okay. bright and gaudy okay. is reflected in the fact that people were doing economically well. So they wear like in times of prosperity, people wear more gaudy clothes. That's yeah. just throughout history. I guess history. my confusion lays is that if you're trying to, are, are you trying to draw parallels? Because then my question is then during this time, would you say that is a period of people with prosperity so mm-hmm. in the sense that either they're spending their stimmy because you know we're oh, essentially we're, why are people doing it repeating it now yeah i think i think 
No, or is it because th- is it because more because back then it was more like gaudiness, but now because it's more affordable since it's like yeah okay Okay. so so back then the the trend was because of economic prosperity so people lean towards gaudiness Mm. but right now i think there are like several different aspects like for example everyone is fake rich because of social media Mm -hmm. social media basically encourages people to present as more wealthy and exactly Uh so for example the uh fendi logo mania trend that we saw a couple years ago Mm. i think that was more heavily influenced by social media than it was by like reflecting actual economic situations Mm -hmm. that were happening got you got you got you Um, you. also like you said like these trends are being uh emulated by fast fashion companies so Mm. you can be gaudy on a budget now yeah and then Definitely. my third reasoning why I think, and this is not supported by any facts or anything, I think the facts of life. Go ahead. I, <laughs> well, I think I think okay, white women's mm, okay. I'm interested. Lean towards the 2000s because the 90s era is so stamped by hip hop and rap and mm, black contributions. Okay, so they feel like okay dressing like paris hilton mm-hmm. is like their, their era yeah okay yeah and then we'll that's get a, into yeah, like that's the, a good point yeah because i will say the 2000s was it did flourish for them white women on the surface it was it was a popping time to be white. a skinny white woman <laughs> it definitely for was. sure it was you got your paris hilton's you got your who else nicole richie exactly uh kimora kardashian mm-hmm. when she was still a white woman <laughs> exactly it was a popping time to be a white woman for yeah, sure uh, yeah back when white girls that wanted makes to be white sense, actually yeah, so that, I don't, you don't have any facts supporting you, but I'll support you. I believe yeah, just that. In I'm, the, I'm also, the I think need. also black people, I think we are a little bit exhausted with 90s aesthetics because let's be honest, black people, we will run, we'll run some baggy overalls to the fucking ground. True, 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 to true. To the ground, man. And right. it's, and it's now like. Now you bring that up, that's very interesting. I'm, I'm just thinking a little bit ahead. It's like, what comes after Y2K and then when would that be replicated? Well, I think I mean if we're if we're peeking a little bit ahead, we've already seen the resurgence of eighties and uh, the eighties through the sixties. So it's always going to be a backwards thing. Never. That's what I'm trying to say. When are we going to start looking back towards what's the? F- well, that'll be a conversation for after we get done with the Y two K session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just you know. I think- no, because that that's that's literally a part of like. Oh, okay. That's you know, <laughs> no, fine. Okay, so let's talk about the revival of these aesthetics in current brands. So. Uh, it's not just your favorite TikTokers and Instagram influencers who are embracing this trend. We also do see it reflected, like I said, in retailers and in designers across uh, price points. So so uh, some examples of that could be uh, current brands who were also popular in the 2000s reissuing popular accessories from the early 2000s era. Right. And this really started when Prada and Dior started reissuing their Staples 2000 bags. So for Prada, when you say reissuing, you mean just releasing, right? Re-releasing oh, okay, them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not it's not the the same exact designs as that era. They change it to kind of fit the aesthetic. So for example, the Prada hobo bag basically it became really popular in like the thrifting and designer reselling communities Mm -hmm. so prada changed the handle slightly they made it a chain they made it a crossbody strap and essentially they reissued it um and then the dior saddlebag which is essentially like dior's most 
iconic yeah. accessory and one of the most unique silhouettes of a handbag. Those bags were like considered the fashion it girl staple. Mm. And since they were being resold for so much money, uh, that lady at Dior, goddamn, what is her name? Where was She's she? a terrorist. <laughs> She's a terrorist. She is. What a what? What a what a way to uh Well, she's a terrorist, but she's very good at at, at accessories. She's she's a genius. She has a genius mm-hmm. eye for accessories. I forgot her name, but I'll look it up later. Mm-hmm. But she uh reissued the saddlebag with a really chunky strap. And I know you've seen a saddlebag. It's yeah, like I know the saddlebag. The fashion yeah. girl staple, but the 2000s version was very dainty. It had a thin strap. Mm-hmm. Depending on the collection, it would come in different prints. Right. One of the most iconic prints. I think three of the most iconic prints. They're all from uh John Galliano's collections at Dior are the newspaper print uh the rasta print which is like if the dior's rasta collection came out now <laughs> oh canceled because they had them white girls and all them little rasta jamaican colors da, 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 da. <laughs> and then um the like punk print mm-hmm. so those are probably the three most uh valued dior saddlebags mm-hmm. another way that brands are kind of keeping this aesthetic alive is by collaborating with well uh so another way that new houses are keeping this aesthetic live is collaborating with brands from the 2000s mm. so you know who vent ma is right vent ma vent ma it was like okay how do i describe is it spelled how are you saying it v e t e m e NTS. Oh, vent- okay, okay, okay. But I think it's pronounced how okay, okay. exactly. So okay. the I'll, I'll have pronounced it the um ventmus. Yeah. No, 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 you know the you know the um no. urban way. As no, you like to say. that's my nigga though. The, <laughs> the head director from there. Okay, they're yeah, at yeah. they're at Balenciaga now, and they're copy, doing great copy, work copy, at Balenciaga. Copy. But um in 2018, so ahead I'm of the Watu curve. I'm not gonna hold you. Curve, you just blew my head with how you said it because all of a sudden it's Vent Ma. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the way I would have said it is so different. Oh, Ventimus. Yeah, that you, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it's dead now, so fuck it. No one cares how you're pronouncing it. But they nah. collaborated with Juicy Couture mm-hmm. in 2018, and they had like a really cool uh, capsule collection. So they're actually very ahead of the curve for the Y2K trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I would like to mention blue, blue marine, blue Maria. Mm. Mm, I showed <laughs> This was a fashion house that existed in that was more popular in the early 2000s, and they recently released a uh 2001 runway collection that was highly regarded because it followed like those Y2K aesthetics, and it was really. It was received really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how some of these brands are reviving the aesthetic, keeping it alive. Um, it's definitely interesting to see the market be flooded I by. I wonder if anybody's going to collab with Ed Hardy. Oh. Because that was, isn't that Y2K? Yeah. yeah. I would good... say, um, you know what? I kind of think that so an- another brand that I think is popular because of the Y two K revival is mm-hmm. Chrome Hearts. Yeah, yeah Chrome because Hearts it is that biker two yeah. thousands tattoo aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I kind of think niggas wouldn't wear whatever Ed Hardy collab is because, because they're wearing Chrome, Chrome Hearts. Copy. Yeah, and Chrome Hearts again has been around forever. Forever. Yeah, but because of the Y two K aesthetics mm-hmm. and because of Little Uzi, unfortunately. 
Don't unfortunate, my God. Crumb has his ugliest fuck. I'm sorry. This is this is it's this basic. is basic. When we that. do our episode about scammer aesthetics, <laughs> because it's coming. No, nah, no, nah. I, w- I wouldn't call it ugly. I would call it's- it basic, if anything. Because <sighs> I personally like, I don't see the hype. Sons don't, of don't, anarchy don't, 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 don't judge me when you see me in a Chrome's heart shirt or whatever. But because why well, I'm laughing at you because you got finessed. Mm. I mean, you yeah. spent two hundred dollars on an yeah, Ed Hardy T-shirt. Thing. I can't pull the trigger on like stuff, something that like you can just get from. Um, what's one of those like? What's that store that's in the Journeys? Yeah, is a, is a, is you can go to t-shirt. a fucking Bass Pro fishing shop and <laughs> get a, a Chrome Hearts shirt. Like, <laughs> Bass are you dumb? Yeah, that's why niggas. In, yeah, I don't know the spiritual bond that I niggas am excited have to for Chrome that scammers episode when she because you just brought it up. Oh, <laughs> oh, when I get the card crackers. Listen, if you listen to this podcast and you do PPP fraud, hit us up. Yeah, but you know, not for fraud yeah. reasons, for interview reasons. Yeah, we have to, you know, we have to get research for our um topics. Exactly. <laughs> also, if you have any social security numbers that you don't need, <laughs> if you got good credit, hit my DMs. Of course, we don't condone this, but you know, we just want to, you know, allegedly research and all that, right? Yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> what is that life like? <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. Sorry, so there, so yeah, so we're seeing it across the spectrum where. Current brands are taking advantage of this trends, but also it's cool to see brands that can that ha- kind of have been lost to history receive some type of flowers and be able to get some cash flow. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Chrome Hearts didn't make a sale, you know, before 2019. Yeah, probably. Well, they probably. I mean, have, that's obviously hyperbole, yeah, but like yeah. it's it's huge increase. Yeah, to it cash came flow. back. Yeah, yeah, for certain, especially with the accessories and if anything. The the I I kind of stand people purchasing like the glasses and like the chains and stuff. Yeah, but not apparently the, the jewelry yeah, is very high quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But the the shirts, yeah, definitely is basic. Yeah, if we're being honest, guys, don't don't judge me. It's be it's basic. Do you remember when they used to sell Ed Hardy in Costco's? Yeah. Oh, Costco's no. Okay, that must have been a Jersey thing because they definitely sold. They definitely, I ain't never seen that already in Costco. I distinctly remember hey, wanting yo. Ed Hardy so bad, and then one day I went to Costco with my dad, and you got the and up. I was so excited. I bought so much Costco Ed Hardy. Nah, I remember Ed Hardy in the malls and shit, but definitely not in Costco. That's Jersey different, is a strange different. place. Very strange place. Yes. Niggas, niggas went for the hot dog, but left for the Ed Hardy. Ooh, the Costco pizza. Costco pizza goes. I don't give a fuck, man. Uh, okay, so back on topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we mentioned her before, but Paris Hilton is considered the OG influencer, and she really yeah, she had is. her reign of popularity during, during mm-hmm. this Y2K era. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like her, again, Nicole Richie, who is so hilarious, Kim Kardashian, mm. Britney Spears, mm-hmm. all of the beautiful Caucasians, skinny, skinny women. Um, really emphasize this aesthetic. You would see them at the club, like mixing, you know, their Fendi baguette handbags with like trucker hats, mm-hmm. flowy dresses over jean pants, mm-hmm. layers. Um, again, very uh, referential to the type of wealth and excess that was going in at the time. And from then, from there, Paris Hilton has really been able to 
pave the way or like define the career path of an influencer because if you think about it no one was doing it like her like the club appearances the sponsorships she had her reality tv show oh that's i forgot to mention that on in the segment about why y2k aesthetics are coming back i think it's also because nowadays people it's are consuming a lot of TV Old shows school. and content from 2000s. You know, we're watching Flavor of Flav. We're watching The Simple Life. We're mm-hmm. watching all of these terrible VH1 reality shows. <laughs> That's a good point. So I think people are taking a cue from mm-hmm. the clothing they see on the TV and reflecting that into their wardrobe. Yeah. So Paris Hilton and the crew are credited with being the purveyors of this aesthetic. But if you look at what is popular nowadays, it's really not what the white girls were wearing because the white girls were wearing expensive pieces and good outfits for shit at the time. Mm. But a lot of what they're wearing is not transcendent. No. If you want like the actual. At least not the combos. Yeah. Yeah. Like individually, yes, but outfit wise, no. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at the outfits and like the aesthetics and the images that are truly iconic, you really do have to look at hip hop and R and B's influence on fashion in that era. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like it, like you know, it was cute. Of course, Paris Hilton was of wearing course. the juicy couture, ah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the sweatsuits or whatever, and it was real cute. But like, of the iconic imagery from that era it's coming from rap and hip-hop yeah so we want to take this opportunity to uh kind of shout out some of the purveyors of fashion in this era and as i was uh compiling this list i realized it is it's mostly black women of course it's mostly women black women i mean and like and i wasn't intentionally trying to make it a list of black women i was just looking at the most iconic stylists of the era and i think that's because black women I think that's because as well that's you know that's during a time where like everything was just so like genders like yeah. men can't be in fashion i mean well at least there were not a lot of popular men stylists yeah. if, if they were if it was men in fashion they were like power it, or, or power or like yeah they had the power behind yeah. them because you know as patriarchic patriarchal societies go power and uh males go together so that was that was that was it and you yeah. know stylist was looked at as a lower echelon of a job yeah not th- not in the popularity that it is now exactly definitely not because now you're a stylist you can show off on instagram you don't need to like yeah. people you don't even need to be have credits yes like yes definitely get your credit but people don't pay attention to the credits that you're given in terms of like magazines and stuff right yeah they just they just know you off of instagram they don't they don't exactly. even know that you style beyonce and her latest shoe anybody whatever. yeah anybody who has a grailed account can be a stylist now mm-hmm. and i think these women have had elevated this career choice or this yes. artistic choice to the point where especially Misa every yeah exactly every fashion person wants to be a stylist that is a very good point because in the 2000s the head of all of these houses were men mm-hmm. besides Donatella Versace but that's different but the stylists and the people behind the scenes primarily were, were women mm-hmm. so and then black women let's get to this list first let's start with the don the, the legend the goat mm-hmm. i saw her speak at essence fest last year mm-hmm. during fashion week and it, it was a revelation um so we are talking about of course misa hilton the 
icon icon the and if you don't know who that is please look up i think there's a documentary on netflix about her yep. um i forget what's called right there's now. a documentary on netflix about uh uh, black women's contribution to yeah, hip hop fashion. Yeah, she's prominent in there because yeah. she is the black. Hel- she honestly, she really like a lot of your favorite looks. She was involved. Let in me tell you, and this might be a problematic take. Also, because I'm a barb, this is a problematic take. But y'all, old Lil Kim stands aren't gonna fight me. Misa Hilton is the reason why Lil Kim is remembered for her looks and not her music. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Do, did I lie? Yeah. Because I mean, when yeah, people yeah, yeah. when people praise Lil Kim, yeah. not saying Lil Kim's music isn't the yeah, shit. Yeah, that's why I was like, is. I have to think about it. I have to process okay? it. Okay. No, because Lil Kim yeah. was doing the goddamn thing. Yeah. But when the general public recalls Lil Kim and wants to give her her flowers, right. it's for what? The imagery, right. not for the music. Mm-hmm. No Tino shade. No, no, no. But when and, and when Little Kim is emulated, it's the looks. You know, because of the whole Nicki Minaj thing, new rap girls cannot be accepted into the industry until unless they basically do a Little Kim cosplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of the looks that they're cosplaying is were styled by, by Misa. Misa. Mm-hmm. That's 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 very important. Her like it, it's just so she was. She created the relationship between artists and fashion house. So in hip hop, we have always flaunted wealth. We've always used consumer consumerism as a a mark of making it in the world. So basically, all these rappers were giving these designer shout outs and buying all this shit for free ninety nine, not getting no equity out of it. Mm-hmm. Misa was able to facilitate relationships between Little Kim and the designers so that Little Kim well Little Kim did buy she she wasn't just pulling shit yeah. she was buying shit yeah. but she was also performing at shows and getting custom things and getting things sent to her so you know she could be photographed in them mm. she Misa Hilton is the reason why like does like artists want relationships with these houses yeah she was the pioneer she was a pioneer of that and like she made little kim a fashion darling she mm. made little kim like little kim's friendships with alexander mcqueen um mark jacobs donatella versace they're all because misa hilton made those introductions very true very true and nowadays you can't be a female artist without a, a strong sense of imagery and you really even if you don't want to be you can't be a rap girl without a being being a fashion girl unfortunately because yeah. you know that's the first thing you know look what they say about megan yes yeah, i was about to i was thinking about she's that. not <laughs> a fashion girl that's yeah. what people's issue with her is even though she i don't think she her. wants to be yeah. but it's it's the little kim blueprint mm. like you're expected to be a darling in the fashion industry that's why azalea banks why people are so disappointed with how azalea banks turned out because she was following the little kim trajectory okay. of performing at chanel shows and being bffs with carl lagerfeld and mm-hmm. shit like that and that's all because of the emphasis on relationships that misa put misa uh instilled in little little camp so i mean i'm sure you guys know them already but some of uh misa's most iconic looks would be the crush on you video mm-hmm. which is the changing colors the wigs primary TikTok colors <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, no, she literally, wait a minute, Misa Hilton invented TikTok trends. (laughs) Oh my God, what a legend icon and star we stand. TikTok, give her a coin, please. Oh my God, no, seriously. Okay, yeah, so the Crush on You music video, Mm. uh, that's uh, MTV Awards ensemble, which was the The purple. Oh my God, that, I think that might be my favorite Kim look ever. I would love to do a Halloween look, look like that. Hey, y'all gonna see 2021. Logistically, I don't think that's gonna happen, but I would love, <laughs> I would Same. love to do that. Yeah. Um, the iconic right, I'll Chanel. I'll do it for you guys then. Uh, someone, one of us has yeah, to do I'll it at do this it. point. I'll be, I'll be little Kim. I'll find a, I'll find a covered too. titty little Kim look to do. <laughs> but yeah, the Chanel bang, the bang, yang, yang, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her as well. And then another one of my favorites, uh, the 1999 Source Awards, where it was like what this. Was she wearing? Uh, platinum silver wig, bang, bang uh, completely bang. nude bodysuit with the fur cuffs and the fur collar. Source award. And she had like a fur coochie murkini. Fur. Yeah, it, if you guys want to, you know, hit your Googles, she has like a little fur coochie patch and like a little diamond thong. And I think that's maybe my favorite. You said she game. has a platinum, right? Yeah, platinum, okay, bang, bang. Oh, no, this is Beyonce. Okay, she's recreating. I see, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. What's your favorite little Kim look? You already said it. The crush on you look. That's the one that comes to mind right away. Okay. And what's the... Um, well, yeah. Um, Pretty much. I'm trying to think, like, what, what else is the ones that I have to, like, think. Because sometimes I don't even, like... I have to, like... I'm bad. I have bad memory. There are so many Kim looks. No, nah, she she followed a cra- lot of like she she fought she followed hip hop, fashion, and women in, in hip hop fashion. So I'm not. I'm definitely literally know. whenever like a rap girl does something, there's always like a little Kim Sam right underneath with the reference, and you don't mm-hmm. even know it's a reference. Yeah. Like I don't even think people Kim had excuse me Kim and Misa had so many hits that I don't think people are even aware of like and that's the thing too they wasn't back then her. where they were crediting her i mean people who knew knew yeah but like it wasn't like outwardly and i mean of course i wasn't of age so i wouldn't have known but i doubt many people who then who were involved in hip-hop knew like oh they just you know because that's what we tend to do we tend to give the credit straight to the artist because they're the ones wearing it they're the ones with the celebrity yeah but there's always a team behind somebody that's giving it the opinion that yo you need to crush this and you got and you got to think about it too a lot of these looks were risky it wasn't like risque, it came it, it was sure. risky and risque it wasn't yeah. like it came with um like oh yeah Lil Kim is gonna be it, it she, Lil Kim became it because of the looks yeah. so it became acceptable that it was like okay that's just Lil Kim doing what she's doing instead yeah. of oh you know she pulled it off the first time and it was like oh I wonder what she's doing so I think that's very important yeah that we definitely need to give her flowers and the name of the um Netflix um documentary is called The Remix it, and it looks at hip hop and fashion and how they intersect. And of course, like I said, Misa is the OG, the the pioneer mm-hmm. that um, was able to allow hip hop and fashion to collide as they are now. Yeah. Because the truth is, is that you know, fashion is driven by what is what these hip hop celebrities are wearing. You know, all these brands that yeah. are wearing because the, because because hip hop influences black people and black people influence the culture. Yeah. That's that's the you know, that's the um the consumer that's the, the flaw of it, yeah. The uh the retail success for a lot of these fashion houses relies heavily on 
on yeah the the retail success of a lot of these fashion houses relies heavily on what artists in hip-hop are doing or wearing or referencing because a lot of these houses are depending solely on sales of accessories and mm. leather goods and that's what normal people and are buying remember there, there was a time where they didn't want to mess with hip-hop at all and, at they, all. and they touch upon it in a, in a um in the documentary too mm -hmm. so that's where i'm pulling this from they talk about how um they would have like um fashion or not even fa or like vendor shows right and it would be like all these popular mark jacobs all these gucci's mm -hmm. but then it was like a black brand it was like uh no let's push you to like i remember they saying like this isolated room but that was the most popular room now that's when it became too intimate it was like oh all the people are going to where all the f black fashion brands are mm -hmm. so what's going on here and that's when this relationship began to um i guess materialize when they realize that wait we might actually need hip-hop we might actually need black people right so then it became more popular like to collaborate with them but yeah like always with everything they 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 said no we don't want the blacks but yeah. then the blacks well, create their own thing they're like oh actually maybe you guys that. are uh, pulling it off let me see what you're doing there and For i'll sure. create my guest bag yeah so yeah so as always um Pretty much because we have other people to talk about, we just wanted to give you know flowers to definitely Misa and spend the most time talking about her because without her, I think you know it took a longer to get to where we are now with yeah. what's going on and stuff. Definitely. So, is there anybody so, else you want to give flowers to? Yes, definitely have to give flowers to June Ambrose. She is a award-winning creative director, stylist, costume designer, mm -hmm. and entrepreneur who is credited for basically like coining streetwear and sneakerwear. Mm -hmm. So like she's basically um, the reason why like sneaker culture is what it is right now. Mm -hmm. And she's also, like Misa, she has designed some of the most iconic, uh, or she has styled some of the most iconic music video mm -hmm. uh, outfits. And she's primarily credited with working with Missy Elliott, who, again, fashion icon. Of course. Everyone, we need to give Missy her goddamn flowers. Creative icon, not even fashion icon. Just yeah, creative, creative music, icon. Videos, everything. Writing, production, yes. yes. But Misa styled the iconic I Can't Stand the Rain music video. Oh, wow. Which is know that. those insane sunglasses, mm -hmm. which I believe are custom. I can't stand the rain. <laughs> exactly. The yeah, the blow-up suit <laughs> and the fucking sunglasses that wrap around like a star Trek uh, helmet or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's June, and she really, um, well, her work with Missy Elliott is really special to me because um, a lot of people try to downplay Missy Elliott's like sex appeal because she is very tomboyish. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. But to me, it's like Missy Elliott's musical content. Cause clearly you motherfuckers don't know what you're talking about. Cause Missy Elliott be talking that sex talk all the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just very cool to see someone who can be outwardly, uh, like a powerful sexual presence of that size, but still be free to kind of explore like these Afrofuturism aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And uh, June actually works with Busta Rhymes. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever seen a Busta Rhymes music yeah, Busta video, Rhymes was the first I think like yeah, it was Busta before Andre I think right in terms of like just that 
Afrofuturism, yeah, yeah. That, and not know. being afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so w- like we need to credit, like, because Afrofuturism is kind of like an aesthetic and a mindset. It's kind of like a creative mindset that's coming back. Mm-hmm. And June Ambrose really was at the center of that, like putting these 2000 stars, these 90s and 2000 stars in that silver funnel set and dressing them up like space explorers. And like, yeah, I can still be sexy and wear a spacesuit. Like, I love shit like that. And especially um, on the men's side, uh, I think that's like, if we have more time, we can get into how men in the Y2K era, the fashion was fun. Like, men's fashion wasn't as, you know, cut and paste and dry. Like, literally, like, they had Buster Rhymes wearing kilts and shit. Mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. fashion was out there and like Buster and surprisingly is, because of how the times were back then it mm-hmm. wasn't as much outrageous no. it, it was if if Buster was to do something like that now no exactly <laughs> unfortunately I don't think Buster would do something no, like that now it. because of how culture is but yeah. it's like how how creatively and as a people how did we take that step back I don't even because Buster no one ever questioned Buster Rhymes masculinity at all Cisco was out here wearing neon yellow bedazzled now, leather say they motor did, suits they, not that I was part like oh uh, they gave it to Cisco no 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 what I was gonna say is that they did like um that was the person that was critiqued a little bit about his like just how he performed okay but I guess I don't know maybe. well I feel like his critiques had to do with the fact that he was singing about thongs and that's what people knew him for nah, people were talking about how you look to his really? parents yeah with this yeah but okay. they didn't question Busta I wonder why that is though maybe cause Busta physically is like bigger maybe I, I, you can make up any reasons cause it doesn't make sense but and maybe yeah. cause uh, yeah, I don't, yeah I don't understand that yeah. maybe cause the, the music music content was a little bit different nah I don't know it's very strange yeah but I wouldn't maybe cause Busta was working with like Lord, I don't know, but go ahead, go ahead. But you know what? I think Cisco's selling point was sex appeal, and Busta Rhymes' was selling point was hard. not was mm-hmm. was like the weirdness and like being lyrically creative. So I think mm-hmm. the sex appeal on top of like the fact that he's wearing like right, right, right. yellow moto suits was probably why he mm-hmm. got that he attracted that type of criticism. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But I do think it's interesting how like. You know, even even though even white men in the two thousands, because I remember the I don't know if you remember this, but the jean wedding dress that Britney Spears wore and the matching jean suit that Justin Timberlake wore, it was to like oh, some I think I, was it wedding? I thought it was like to MTV award. Or no, something. it wasn't their wedding. It looked like a wedding oh, dress, okay. but it was to an MTV okay, awards yeah, yeah, uh-huh. red carpet. Like uh-huh. men's fashion Damn, was. Remember when out MTV there. awards used to be popping? But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> go I missed red carpets really bad, yeah, guys. Yeah. Okay, so back to the list. So June Ambrose icon, another icon, Kamora Lee Simmons, the the OG icy girl, Blazing Rights. Okay, she was the founder of Baby Fat, which was you know. In our era, because I definitely was pressed to wear baby fab for sure. Um, And I think it's awesome that she got her flowers recently when she launched her baby fat collaboration with Forever 21. Mm -hmm. I think commercially it was kind of a flop, though, because they did already released. Right. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago. It didn't really make much noise. Um, I mean, people were excited to see Kamara Lee and and, uh, her using her daughter Mm, daughters as models. But 
We need to come back as them pastries, but go ahead, continue. Oh, no, we can leave pastries. <laughs> we can leave pastries. Pastries wasn't Y2K. Pastries was like 10 years, 12, yeah, that was 15 dirty, years yeah. ago. Yeah, we can leave pastries, guys. We don't have to bring <laughs> no, those no, back. No, I was just joking anyway. And then the last one on our list, last lady on our list is Tina Knowles. Um, I, and I wanted to include Tina because, first of all, Destiny's Child are often... Destiny, Destiny Child are often included in like these best of Y2K roundup looks. Right. And all of their early looks were designed and created by Tina Knowles. So all of those like, you know, they'd have like matching fuchsia sets where mm. like Beyonce would be sexy. Um, Kelly would be like mid sexy. Right. And then Michelle would be in like a suit. <laughs> like yeah, that was all Tina knows. They made Michelle conservative as hell, but I think it was Michelle's choice. I think Michelle was always a little bit more reserved right. than the rest of the girls. Mm. Um and I think it's interesting because Tina knows I forgot what interview it was in. Well, she said that she was actually they she was in a position where she had to create all those clothes because one like they were too curvy to fit into designer clothes and two designers didn't want to dress destiny's child for a very long time so tina Knowles had to put that work in and she created like a lot of iconic outfits especially with the resurgence of like glitter and crop tops and bandeaus and all of those things were i wonder how involved she was in the like um because what comes to my mind when you say like uh destiny child i think of like the mm. soldier video I wonder if she's participating. Yeah, I, that was the know. black and white video. Mm -hmm. Beyonce's I wearing the cargi, yeah, yeah. cargo pants with the Milano Blonic Tim Heels. Yeah, I'm surprised you just... That was an iconic music video. Okay, cool. Also, um, if, you, like if you're interested in artists who kind of bring that vibe and aesthetic back... Uh, Brie Runway. Yeah, yeah, Brie Runway. Brie she Runway recently did a she's music video. She's an artistic and creative. God damn, she's good. She's good. Good. Brie Runway, stand Brie Runway, guys. Like, of course, because I don't think like she yet she doesn't have that much support. One, because she's in the U.S. Indie. Yeah, yeah and then she's two, UK based. Yeah, she's UK, and then um, yeah, I, I, that's I'm gonna keep it at that. It's just that separation between the pawns. Yeah, yeah. But no, she's coming for her things for sure. Brie Runway gives soldier energy. That's why I remembered that it was Milano Blonic. First of all, the Milano Blonic tim boot heels are one of the most iconic pieces of fashion to come out of that era it so? perfectly like embodies how they took like working class aesthetics and made it something so ridiculous and unusable also kim kardashian recently wore them and, <laughs> and that fuck ass, ass outfit <laughs> yeah i don't know what the fuck kanye you need to come back and get your bitch son because <laughs> what the fuck is she doing Nah, I mean, and it's crazy you didn't notice it but kim if if you peeped kim kardashian has been wearing a lot of yeezy knits lately so i think that's a sign <laughs> but yeah. That, yeah shout out to tina noel shout out to destiny's child shout out to brie runway brie one brie brie runway goddamn can't say her name right brie runway is doing y2k right yeah if we yeah. want to put like a cap on this like if you if you want to look at some aesthetics some black ass aesthetics done perfectly follow brie runway because it's like the perfect silhouette she picks the grape i mean she doesn't style herself um but yeah that's that's an example of how you do it right for sure yeah and i think we should just touch really quick 
quickly, but I think it's important to also bring up one of mm. we we agree is like the negatives of Y two K fashion, mm, and mm, that's just mm. like the fat phobia behind like all these looks and models yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because back then, you know, if you were, I don't even know the sizes girls wear, but like, um, is, is eight big? No, right. Eight is like mid size. Yeah, but it's like normal. Well, that was a. T- oh, in two thousands, you were a whale. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and what's her name? Tiari, or uh, that's her name, the model. You're not familiar with? T- she was like a video vixen. Um, Tokanda. No, Tiari. I think her name is Tiari. Yeah. So fat phobia. Like, yeah, I look that up. I don't even think we we don't even have time to get into how bad it was for real. But uh, on the high end, uh, like fashion side of it, that was the oh, era of like the extremely mm-hmm. like um, like heroin thin models. Yeah. Um, houses like YSL and Celine were infamous for having, um, yeah. you know, models that were essentially like a yeah, double zero. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, like certain houses were very infamous for having models that wore like double zeros on the runway. Mm. So basically, like rail thin models and like a lot of the staple pieces like uh low rise jeans mm-hmm. were like just like not something fat people could wear i don't even know what did we do before high-waisted jeans i don't remember what i did before high-waisted jeans <laughs> you could you couldn't pay me to wear low rise jeans a today t-shirt or something yeah it had to be like a big upper piece yeah you i don't i don't give a fuck what's in what's in trend i'm mm. never wearing low rise even jeans. me I'm, I'm trying to think what was i wearing during like I never was into like the Y2K era because my I guess when I really started getting into fashion, we we're also kids. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, <laughs> but I'm trying to say, but there was a point. I think middle school. So was I was in six, seven. So I was 2007. That was I guess towards the end of yeah, the Y2K yeah, yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. But when skinny jeans were in, I'm just, that's when I really started getting my fashion identity. Where I was, you know, re- yeah. not rebelling, but I was like, Nah, mom, you can't stop. You gotta stop buying me <laughs> these shacks, <laughs> these shacks, <laughs> these, <laughs> these baby pants, yeah. jeans. I was like, Nah. So I I, I, I remember buying. Skinny jeans, I, I and I, me being bigger. I remember that they were used to like rip, and I used to like I used to be so annoyed because the skinny jeans used to oh be never God. good fit for me. And this is I, I don't know when I, I I I don't know maybe this is different times, but I remember like this is during like the jerk the jerk era. Yeah, so niggas was trying to wear. Yeah, that yeah, was a little after. Yeah, yeah that's definitely after. That was 2010. Yeah, 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 but that's when I started getting fashion. But that's what you know. That's my little so so it's just like. Um, so I just, well, I, I brought, I brought all that up because during when I was, um, that's when I started realizing, not realizing in terms of like fully conscious, mm-hmm. but it was just like, oh yeah, they didn't make these clothes for me. Right. <laughs> like yeah. my size. Cause, yeah. cause shit was not fitting me right. I used yeah. to be wearing, I, I remember, yo, if I look into my archives, I have pictures of like shit that I used to wear. I used oh, to wear my, I, I remember I had a pair of, um, Air Max, um, 97s, the metallic shits that, um, that, you know, you know what I'm talking about the silver bullet joints. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of those. I had some skinnies, and I we and we used to wear a polo shirt and with a with either like a Ed no. Hardy hat or a polo hat. That was my. That, that was, was like the 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 transition from what like 2000s to 2010s. Yeah, nasty period in fashion. <laughs> but that's very when I, nasty. That's time. when I got in. I used to be getting my shits off. 2010s was not like <laughs> from 2009 to like 2000. <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking 19 was just no not okay maybe not 2017 was a very bad time for fashion like we we look back at y2k as bad five years we're gonna be looking back at the 2010s like god yeah. damn i have to really put some thought into it but i believe you, you especially know. that jerk era with the colorful skinny <laughs> yeah, jeans now nah, that was a bad era i know that off the rip did you have like a rainbow no, spike no, I belt i never had like a rainbow i did have like a, a spike belt but i never had like anything rainbow. Oh, I, did. I was paramore down though yeah. i was definitely an emo girl man those are the days man i'm glad we're past them and you know what i think the takeaway is you can you can pick and choose what you want from each era mm -hmm. and make it yours like yeah, of definitely. course you know i i don't think uh, i think fortunately in fashion there's been you know a conscious movement away from like having super rail thin models of course we're not where we at the point where there's like true inclusivity on the runways but there are girls who you get up you know get up to like a size eight on the runways now which mm. is something that would be unfathomable progress in yes. 2000s but you know we definitely do have much more progress to make so yeah definitely that's important for certain for certain all right so i mean i think that's that yeah i hope we you know took you back you know you probably especially at the end of the conversation what were you wearing you know tag us in some pictures if you yeah. find some archive because we definitely want to shout you i mean look it's embarrassing but we lived it man we, yeah. we're, we're better at tag so, us in your ed hardy pictures please, <laughs> please. tag us please. in the flyers that you had if you could find something in my space some of you found a high five oh my if you God. high five in your juicy couture sweatsuits <laughs> please i want to see it guys it's yeah. okay like uh, again this era of fashion it might have been tacky but it was fun yeah. It was fun. It People was had fun. fun with it. Yeah, fuck it. Bring Why not? Bring fun back to fashion. Too much. Now it's too much about. Yeah, clout. you motherfuckers too, too serious. Yeah, it's let's too cloudy. Come, let's have fun with fashion, man. Yeah. That's that's. I think that's going to be my mantra. We having fun. You know, twenty twenty is all about fun. Twenty twenty and, and beyond is fun, yeah. fun, fun. I'm here. Life for is that. too short to be looking too cool. I'm a I'm a dweeb anyway, so I'd rather fuck have it. fun. Yeah. All right, y'all. So thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Sample Size Podcast. Yes, sir. Again, my name is Noel. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Instagram at yeah, no with one E. That's Y-E-A-H-N-O-E. -E. And Twitter, same thing, but two E's at the end. Also, TikTok, yeah, no with one E. Yep, yep, yep. And for me, you can find my socials. Um, my Instagram is tonebone, T-O-N-E, period, B the number zero and E and then this Twitter is the same thing but instead of a period is an underscore so T O N E underscore B the number zero and E and guess what I made a TikTok after ten Woo! years of not of fighting of against making nagging. a TikTok but yeah um I'm not part of this millennial anymore I'm a Gen Zer now please <laughs> address me as such and my TikTok is the same as uh my Instagram tone bone T O N E period uh b the number zero and e and make sure you follow our dedicated podcast page um sample size pod on instagram and twitter and sample size pod on 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 um tiktok yik -yik? hopefully yeah you have the yik yak yeah we, we about to make one okay. we, by the time this episode airs <laughs> it'll be there it'll be there so make sure you follow <laughs> us on tiktok too i promise you know you know if if you want to admit it or not because uh as a as a uh what, what do you call people who convert as a recent converter convert that, yeah i guess but as a recent converter tiktok is it, it's a t you need to get on there yeah. you need to get on there you like you might be um a little um 
you overwhelmed with figure out the video yeah editor. with the digital stuff but i promise you it's not as bad as the transition between you know boomers when they you know when the internet first even started so because we were raising internet you can figure it out and it's kind of is is if you have a brand or something so yeah i'm sorry before i rumble but yeah just follow us on our socials and um thank if you, for you want tuning in. any episode write-ups or references for the stuff we use for this episode check out samplesizepodcast.com it will be on the episode five post yep thank you so much for tuning in i hope you have a good day